Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, good people. I am not Sam. I'm very excited. We're going to throw 20 weird and wonderful questions at a movie, a movie that was listed in the title of this episode, so it will be spoiled. And I am just filling in because I had a lot to say. Sam was kind enough to let me in, but he has left me with two very exciting other people because these are the people I would demand if I were given options. Uh, We have Stacy who I am very much in love with, who is Stacy? Hi. <laughs> Hi. Thank you for that introduction. I'm super excited to be here as always. I'm even more excited because, you know, I think Sam made us watch this film because he thought it would be terrible, but he actually enjoyed it. And I think he's a little bit sad that he's, <laughs> he's not here on this line. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? And then we have Liz, the funniest person in podcasting. Liz, you're a delight. And if people aren't signed up for the Movie Reviews and 20 Q's Patreon, I don't know what they're doing because the additional episodes that have been put out, mostly with you, Liz, as well as Stacey. Stacey recorded on my favorite movie and I wasn't even mad that she didn't like it because it was very funny. (laughs) Dropped it gorgeous. Phew. (laughs) Very much enjoyed it. But we're going to get into Cruella because I have so many things to say. I think, Stacey, you're going to give us the plot of this film. Good luck. Yeah, well, this is the origin story of Cruella de Vil, the villain from 101 Dalmatians. So in this film, we see Cruella growing up in her early life um, and the struggles that she has with her kind of split personality and not sure what to do with that. And it takes us right through. She moves to London, falls in with a... um, I was going to say a crowd, but there's two guys, um, (laughs) Jasper and Horace, um, who pick her up off the streets and basically live somewhere that's not much better than the street. But anyway, they make ends meet until such time as um, Stella gets her dream job or into a dream job. Um, And then the story of her transitioning into Cruella, (laughs) that sounds un- not like how I meant it, <laughs> um, unfolds. That's it. And, and we, yeah, that's it. That was good. That was good because it's hard to pluck out what the important parts are. You nailed it. We have Emma Stone as Cruella Estella in a role that is correct for her, I feel. More importantly, Emma Thompson as the Baroness. So much the rest of them, who cares what they're doing? Mark Strong. It's a full cast of people because it's a Disney movie. Yeah. All right, let's get into the compliment sandwich because I I need to hear both of yours. So one thing good, one thing bad, one thing good. Stacey, do you want to kick us off? Okay, well, you've already talked about my first good thing. Emma Thompson's performance would just blew the whole movie apart for me. I just loved her to bits. And also Emma Stone. I am not a huge fan of hers, mm. and I ha- I can't really pick a movie where I've watched it and haven't got annoyed at her. Um. I didn't really in this movie. So it's kind of like a double banger first good thing. And I don't think it's worth um, comparing the two because they're totally different actresses and totally different characters. And that's fine. No, but in texting about it with someone, I did call one good Emma and one bad Emma. And it was not related to their actual behavior, but to how I felt about them. So, (gasps) Wow. I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. But first, I've got to hear uh, Stacey's bad thing. 
So my bad thing, I've got two. This whole sandwich is like a double it on everywhere. <laughs> um, double decker sandwich. Two bad things. <laughs> yeah. Is the music. I found crass and too obvious. Every scene had a song and it was almost like every song had a scene. Like the song was almost the dominant thing. Yeah. And they were so on the nose. It was like we had picked the song (laughs) for this movie. Yes. I was like, wow, this is kind of cool, but kind of ruining the movie a little bit. Um, Distracting. Yeah. Um, My other bad thing was there were a couple of parallels to a movie that we've watched recently, (laughs) Devil Wears Prada. You don't say. (laughs) Which I did not appreciate. I'm like, don't get a fucking bald guy to be a 2IC (laughs) who looks like Stanley Tucci, for God's sake. Can't you find anyone else? Yeah. (laughs) You know, and a a few other things. Obviously, the Baroness um, versus Miranda Priestly, blah, blah, blah. We probably don't need to spell it out. But it annoyed me. I'm like, come on, be a little bit more original um, in, in some aspects. My final good thing is I actually really enjoyed the story. I was invested. I wanted to find out where she ended up and what happened through her childhood and blah, blah, blah. I've never seen 101 Dalmatians. I do not know the story. I don't know who Cruella de Vil is. So this is the perfect place for me to start. That's an important piece of info for us to, for yeah. me to contend with as we continue this, because those mm-hmm. first one, the first, the cartoon, you haven't seen the cartoon or the Glenn Close. No. No. Neither of no, you? Nothing. Nope. Liz? Nothing. Did you guys you not <laughs> get these films in your country? No, I just, we did. I just wasn't interested. No. Oh, my God. I'm not well, an animated okay. films person. I've made that pretty clear. And, but the um, live action yeah. has Glenn Close. Yeah, I also don't mm. care. Sorry. And um, well, my contra- <laughs> you're going to be even more horrified by my controversial opinion when we get to that part. But <gasps> oh, my God. Well, Uh-oh. okay, Stacey, what, what would you score this out of 10,000 Dalmatians? 7,998. Right. That's still pretty high. Yeah. It is pretty high. Mm. Yeah. 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 Not bad. All right, Liz. Well, I need to know where you're landed on this sandwich. All right. Well, I will start with basically echoing Stacey's very first point. Emma and Emma, what a pairing. What a whammy. So, <laughs> yeah, when Emma Thompson turned up as the Baroness, I was just like, oh, I'm so happy about this. This is such good news. So, yeah, that really just made it for me right there. I was thrilled. My number two thing is a bad thing. I'm not huge on the slapstick comedy. Like, there was a little bit of slapstick in there, and it's not really my scene. Like, it just, I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, they might as well have just thrown some banana peels in there and made some people fall over on them because I was like, okay, whatever. Um, I agree with you, Liz. And halfway through the movie, Sam was making a similar complaint, and I said, this is an animated movie. You know, really, this is a cartoon that we're watching. Absolutely. And once you get your head around that, yes, I know it's live action, but the story is from a cartoon. And once you remember that, you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. You can let that stuff slide. No, I totally agree. And um, I, I get that in quite a few movies where I'm just kind of like, eh, this bit's not really for me. But, you know, I know that other people enjoy that. So, you know, that's fine. But that was just something I was kind of like, eh, I could have done without it. Um, and my other good thing... There you go. Is that I really like the visuality of it. Like the fashion was beautiful and the colors and the stylistic choices of the film. I, I just, yeah, it was a really pleasant film to watch. As I said in Devil Wears Prada, I'm no big fashionista or anything, but that doesn't mean I can't appreciate beautiful gowns or clothes or whatever. And yeah, that this movie had it in spades. But it was also just 
the stylistic choices they made, the, you know, the way they set up the scenes and exposition and I don't know, just it was all just really well done. I really like that. So I am going to give this movie pretty similar to Stacey, actually. I think about 7,887 family heirlooms. All right. I, yeah. I, I'm going to come in with a shit sandwich. Wow. <laughs> with much heaviness in my heart because this movie seemed so for me made tailor made for me i've been looking forward to it but my one my first bad thing i could not get behind estella the emma stone she was so smug 100 percent of the time and i just was like i can't i can't do it i can't do it i was so mad i couldn't look past it i tend to not like her that i mean i like her in the favorite but i was just like and that was a bad guy that i could get behind in this so smug. I, I was really like, I wish you were dead. Wow. Maybe my controversial opinion should be that Emma Stone is awesome because I just love her. And I don't understand why you guys hate her. She's so I like her in theory. Weird. Like Easy A, amazing. <laughs> in theory. You like her in theory. I should have loved Easy A. Eh, like I should have loved this. Eh, like uh, the wow. favorite. She's the weakest part. I don't know. I keep wanting to. I Maybe should love broken. her. I might be. I don't like not liking this movie. It upset me greatly. My one thing good, though, was I I have to echo Emma Thompson seeing her come in. It's that very much Disney archetype of like the older woman that's like, oh, I'm here and I'm doing bad stuff. And I love that for Emma Thompson. That's <laughs> so perfect. Like that is such a good role for her. And I'm hoping it turns out that she's not dead and she comes back if there are more because she's just so fun. In the way that Glenn Close was phenomenal as like an older woman, Cruella. Loved her. And my other bad, I'm so glad you mentioned this, Stacey. The soundtrack is fully insane. It was so many montages and so much specific. I was like, really bad to the bone? Like, really? Like, every <laughs> song, like, I just feel like every song was a very famous song. And I was like, it's so funny. I didn't notice. Or if I did, I was like, oh, cool. This is a good, like, 70s kind of song. Like, it's, I just didn't. It, it was every more. scene mm. was a song that was like a montage song. And it made me feel mm. fully insane. <laughs> so yeah. I would like to give it a 101, but that would be dishonest. So out of <laughs> out of Little Family Heirlooms, I would say of 4,999 because it's like Ooh, I, close. I just wanted more, which is something I'm putting onto it. But I'm mad. I'm furious. I think this comes down to expectations yeah. because you've got the history in the background and Liz and I both came in expecting nothing, zero. We almost expected it to be crap. I'm yeah, thinking. pretty much. I was like, oh, um, animated film. I mean, even though it is an anim- yeah. animated, like you said, like I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm probably going to think this is a bit shit, but we'll see. Yeah. 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 All right. So question number two is a Patreon question and it comes courtesy of Chris Yeeney, who um, is a pretty cool dude. Uh, thanks, Chris, for your patronage. Patreonage? Uh, yeah, and for your question, which is, what song would you have inserted into this film and where? I have an answer, but also Sam had an answer <laughs> that he just would not shut up about. Mm. And I almost feel like one of you is going to have this same one. He didn't tell me where he wanted it, but he's, he's like, if you go, if nobody says who lets the dogs out, then there is something serious. I hate wrong. that movie. Uh, I mean, I hate I'm that movie. Sh- I hate that song. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah, shocked they didn't. Like, it feels like they would have put that in there, and then she would have let a bunch of dogs go for one of her pranks. 
It probably wasn't there. We probably just stopped listening to the music after a while. Maybe that's planned for the next film. Like, mm. okay. My real answer though is I think that Born to Be Wild should have been um, on it um, as Cruella was um, departing in the rubbish truck. You know where she unfolds into a pile of rubbish and then she's taking off down the thing. Born to Be Wild would be cool. Yeah, yeah. nice, great song. I went. It's kind of on the nose, but the more important part is the the meaning behind it, which is the Friends theme song, I'll Be There For You by the Rembrandts. It's, it's, this film felt like a soulless cash grab, just like the HBO Max reunion. <laughs> and Ooh, you could wow. do it when she meets up with Jasper and Horace and Jasper's like, okay, do you want to come be with us? Because you're a girl and you can distract people. And then they can play that as we see them doing their little heists together in one of 15 montages. Um, I, like I said, I thought the music was fine. I kind of like that they used like iconic 70s tracks and stuff and made it really time fitting. And so I'm going with one I think fits quite nicely when she's working at Liberty and she's having to clean the, uh, you know, clean the toilets and everything and she's really frustrated. So I'm going with Piss Factory by Patti Smith, which is like, she's like the 70s answer to like punk rocker woman kind of thing. And she's, Mm. the whole song's about like, People wanting to work hard and at crappy labor and work faster and stuff. And so I just felt like it embraced that whole, I don't give a shit, you know, like I'm doing the best I can. And yeah, so that's what I'm going with. I was thinking Born to be Bad and I didn't even realize that was in the movie. So I'm glad I didn't go with that one. (laughs) Every song I've ever heard was in that movie. So I had (laughs) every song of all time. (laughs) Go look at the soundtrack and you're going to be like, what? How did they afford it? I guess that Disney money. <gasps> yeah. There were so many songs. Unbelievable. Anyway. <laughs> well, I kind of like the idea of Disney money going to um, pay for empowered women's songs. So it's better than the alternatives. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that question three? So. Yeah. <laughs> Catch up, Stacey. Um, this is a Patreon question from our Patreon, Dave Baker, from... Patreon.com your forward slash your favorite um, is how you get hold of Dave's stuff. And he would like to know which character would have had the biggest social media following and on what platform. Do either of you guys ever look at Dumois on Instagram? You guys might, might both be too classy. Oh, I okay. just don't really use Instagram. I'm not, <laughs> so I'm, this, I don't know. I'm too old <laughs> is the problem. <laughs> It's like, it's called Dubois and it's like a blind items account, basically. Like people DM like, I just saw Ben Affleck leaving JLo's house and they'll like post a picture of it. It's really messed up. And they'll be like, I'm an executive in Hollywood and we just signed this deal. It's just gossip on Instagram. They're private, but they have like hundreds of thousands of followers. They sell merch. They get cited in articles. And the craziest thing is they will just take a DM and post it. So I could DM them and be like, I saw Michael Keaton punch a man and they would be like posted and then a news outlet will pick it up so i'm sorry michael keaton i don't know why that's the that's first amazing. celebrity i thought of i now want to text and be like i saw chris hemsworth making out with tom hardy just for the There's, joy I, that that idea brings me i feel like there's been a lot of stuff about like roid like steroid use in the marvel like just rumors so mm. kirby howell baptiste's character could have an Instagram account that shares like little secrets, like mm. little pop-ups of Cruella stuff and whatever, because this thing mm. has blown up. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a really cool idea, actually. Um, I'm going for the obvious before Stacey can get in. 
Uh, and I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying that Cruella has it, and <laughs> she also has an Instagram, and she's just posting up all her cool little pranks or like teasers for them and stuff like that, and everybody's following them to see what crazy thing Cruella's doing next. Yeah. I, I think the obvious one, I'm wondering if Stacey's going to get the one that I thought was obvious. Oh, there's a really obvious one, but I tried to go at least a little bit, <laughs> you know, notorious. Go on, Stace. I really struggle with this question because it's the 70s and I can't Oh, I just imagine... took them out of it and went, imagine if it was yeah. now. And then we had that whole debacle on Devil Wears Prada about who's actually in charge of social media <laughs> <laughs> for huge fashion houses. Whoa, it's pretty heated. Um, so I, but I'm still going to stick with um, the Baroness, the fashion, her fashion house, yeah. her, her fashion label. It's going to be huge. How could anyone be bigger than that on every platform? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think a designer would be likely to have, uh, you know, a platform to to show off her wears, especially since she's obviously like yeah. a full on narcissist. So she's like, well, everyone yeah. will want to see my designs, and you know, exactly, yeah, for sure. But also, Wink's page is popping off. Oh yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I would be following that. Yes. I follow five to ten cats on Instagram, and two squirrels, <laughs> oh and a God. pig. So wait, yes, is there we- a page called Five to Ten Cats, or do you follow five to ten <laughs> cats? You just don't. Know I how followed. Many. Ten plus cat accounts. Wow, could be a hundred and one. <laughs> could be a hundred and one individual cats, foster people that have different <laughs> cats rotate through. If I like a cat they've had, I'll follow them to their new platform. Wow, <laughs> I know about everyone else's cats and two squirrels. One squirrel is very obese, and I'm worried for it. Don't wow. squirrels have rabies? Yeah, I would let a squirrel bite me though, and just get a rabies shot. You are American, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> I guess here in America we get bit by squirrels once a day. <laughs> I have a dumb question. Do you guys have squirrels? It's no. not a dumb question. We just don't have them. Re- okay, good, good. Yeah, because if you had been like, "Yes, we have squirrels," I would have been like, "Oh yeah, I thought you did." Okay. <laughs> All right. I like that. Like, move on. That way, it's a dumb question either way. Because you'd be like. Yeah, I thought you did. Or, yeah, I didn't think you did. (laughs) There was no winning. But I'm glad to have this piece of information. I will be DMing you both squirrels, so don't worry about it. Question four. What was the biggest dick move of the movie? Liz? Uh, Trying to kill the baby. That's the way to go. The Baroness doing Yeah, that was, I agree, Liz. That was my answer. I'm like, she actually waited to give birth to it and then decided to do something about well, it? Well, I don't know if wow. abortion was a thing in, like, the 70s as much. But mm. even so, like, like you don't have to mm. kill it. I don't understand why she wasn't just, like, mm. take it away and give it up for adoption. Like, I don't want it. I, yeah. I guess because yeah. it would have a claim to her Oh, fortune? I guess that's it. Mm. But it's also, like, that's, like, not till you die, right? So who cares? Mm. Mm. Yeah. I didn't like Wink being put in a little rat costume. I mean, I loved it for my eyes, but I was like, <laughs> Wink is doing all the work here. Where is the labor union for Wink? They made him do so much. He had to go into buildings, open doors. Like, I was so scared for him. Okay, so here's the question. Was, so Wink was a real dog. The Dalmatians were not real. I, and I swear her dog it was, was not CGI real. for 90% of the time. Yeah. And I was like, why couldn't anyone here get a real dog on this set? <laughs> yeah, it's that dog really should have been. Because it wasn't doing anything that, that no, it couldn't be trained yeah. to do, I felt. And, when, uh, but it was definitely fake. 
It was so fake. I almost had a question about it because I was so furious. I was like, you couldn't get just a dog to stand next to child Emma Stone? I have no answers. Only questions. I have so many questions. <laughs> we have many questions. Maybe they started the planning this movie like it was going to be animated. And, you know, the whole thing was going to be CGI. Then they changed their minds put some real actors in and thought, oh, we'll just leave the dogs. And they're like, Except we're going to get one wing. dog and we're going to put it in a rat costume. Well, yeah. here's the crazy thing is if you have a dog on set, you have to have at least one representative from like an animal welfare organization to be there to make sure that everyone is being treated appropriately, even if the dog is just sitting. So they that had to have that to already me. for Wink. No, I mean, but it's like they the crazy thing is they had to have it for Wink. So like why not get another real dog? You yeah, freaks. I kinda imagine it would cost a lot to have like another dog. No. And the dog's I not gonna negotiate pro- negotiate. Maybe they auditioned Dalmatians and none of them were up to the task because Dalmatians are really friendly dogs and they're a bit kind of slimmer and more streamlined than the Dalmatians in this film. The Dalmatians in this film were like Rottweiler builds yeah. like muscly, aggressive dogs. Yeah, that was really sense. it's really done the whole concept of them being killer attack dogs. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. And when they they didn't even bite her though; they just shoved her, which I like. But quick PSA in the middle of this episode: um, Dalmatians do not like children, and so when the first one came out, a bunch of people mm. adopted Dalmatians for their children, then returned them to shelters. So do not adopt a Dalmatian based on this film. Well, do your Dalmatians. research when you adopt a dog, you dingbats! Like Christ. <laughs> No, it's like you can't, shelters can't give out black cats in the days leading up to Halloween because people will get it for that. And you can't adopt a bunny around Easter because people will get it for that. This is my animal welfare corner. It is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, Question five. It's a uh, fan favorite. What quote? (laughs) (laughs) You already know what's coming. (laughs) Sorry. Um, (laughs) What quote from this film would be the worst thing to hear after having sex? This is a fan favorite question, not <laughs> not a um, what are we? Well, not a podcaster favorite. <laughs> I don't know. I always giggle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my quote is a Cruella quote. There's so many. Don't worry, we're just getting started. There's lots more bad things coming. I promise. <laughs> I literally have. There's lots more bad things coming. I promise. As my quote. Some people are into that. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want it to be bad. Just... And that indicates that the last yeah. thing was bad too. And you're just kind of like, well, that none of this sounds very good at all. Mine was Paul Walter Hauser. I believe he's Horace, the one with Wink. Yeah. Says, mm-hmm. Oh, you know this. I'm some dog on this. Look a lot like that dog. It was really well done. It was so good. I just was like, and just, he said it, it was just out of nowhere. And I was like, imagine if somebody just said that and you're like, <laughs> uh, yes <laughs> you'd be kind of like feeling really odd if you actually had a dog and it was in the room maybe right yeah <laughs> okay that's question six is it mm-hmm. yeah uh this is a patreon question from dan of the netflix and swill podcast he would like to know who was the true mvp of this movie i think it was kirby howell baptiste because she's the one that's making the headlines. She is writing this article. That was a part of the movie I did really love. I loved the overlays of the articles. I thought that was such a fun visual thing. Yeah, absolutely. When you see the headline. That was that one was of the like things I really liked. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
And she was the one writing all of those articles. Like, she's the one getting the Krula name out there. Otherwise, the only people who know are the, like, 20 people that are at that weird <laughs> pop-up attack in the streets. Yeah. I'm amazed that you didn't say wink. I wrote down wink and then wrote, uh, 90% of my answers could be wink. I should think of something else. <laughs> well, I've, I've got your back, okay? Uh, I'll Thank say you. wink because he did all the little jobs and they couldn't have pulled things off nearly as easily without him. Mm-hmm. Do you think he has a working eye under there? Do you think he it was fake and both his eyes work? What? <laughs> or did they hire a one-eyed dog? Did one of his eyes not work? Didn't he have a thing covering one eye and that was his whole thing and that's why... Oh, oh I thought he just had like black... Like, fur you know so it looked don't, like because remember he's like look don't don't some dog owners look like they're dogs and is like see and covers one eye i think wink I had was... one bum eye and he had a little like cover over oh, it it's cute i thought that was just a costume for <laughs> for one of their angles one of their heists their maybe, little... <laughs> maybe he pretends he goes i only have one eye please help me maybe yeah so yeah <laughs> wink i'll go with wink. okay um my MVP is someone who we haven't talked about, and it's a crying shame, and that's <gasps> Jasper. Her her buddy, who so Jasper and Horace, her mm. two buddies who pick her up off the street when she first arrives in London and has nobody, he's just a super cool, nice, caring person. Yes, and he just takes her on, looks after her, um, and yeah, he's a cool guy. And even when she starts going off the rails and he's like, hmm. Cruella, um, you know, who is this Cruella? I'm not on board with this. But he's like yeah. honest um, with her. Like he, yeah. yeah, he's up front and he doesn't do anything devious and he's still got her back. I, I really loved also that they didn't make them romantic. That there wasn't mm. even a hint of it. That it wasn't like, oh, he's doing these things for her because he's in love with her. It was like, no, like they've got each other's back. They're more like brother and nice sister than they're. Yeah. 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 They didn't like shoehorn in. Mm. some mm. romantic that plot. So, that's such a good point. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. That's really true. myself into this film. Yeah. Yes, I think you might change your score by the end of it. Uh, <laughs> and it's okay if you do. We all change. We're- Just ask Estella. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> oh, Stella. Question number seven. Estella. Why wasn't that done in the film? That would have been that would have been a reference I appreciated. They should have had Horace at the end, like just crying in a grave, going Estella. Yeah, especially because he was like, "This car, it's Devil, or is it Devil?" Like he could have been like Estella. Like he just said exactly the exposition. Exactly. I'm gonna Mm. write an angry letter about this. (laughs) Question number seven, what deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film? Mine is having to do with myself, which is truly I was aghast that I didn't like this movie. I Why don't I like this? This was made for me. Everyone I know thought I'd like it. Like everyone I know who saw early screeners, everyone I know who already went to the theater, like you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Can't wait to hear what you have to say. And I just have to silently not reply to those people and just think about <laughs> where it went wrong. Like, if I had seen it in a theater, would have I've had a good time and not been so mad? I wanted to feel love. What? What's wrong? What's happened? Have I changed? Do, does that, has everybody else changed? <laughs> I I don't know, but you do really have That's a lot of questions. In, that is an interesting debate. 
only me having nothing to do with the film. Although I guess my other debate is like, where were the real dogs? What's the problem with real dogs? Honestly, I think the biggest philosophical question that came out of this is related to hair. And it's, could I pull off her red hair? Because I quite like that. But I don't think I could suit it. Yeah. Totally. Her yes, red hair. Could. Yes. I think it made me look should. a bit trashy, actually. I think no. it was like the, the cut of it. Like the yeah, length. I like the like, cut I like and, I like the, and I like the color. There you go. There's my philosophical just, just debate. Just do the whole thing, Liz. Dye it black and white and then buy a very expensive red wig. Because that wig, for that to have worked in the realm of the movie, must have been thousands of dollars. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Because her hair was not small. No, and that ha- and the wig looked so good on. Mm-hmm. The, the clearly the prop wig on the thing was like a party city wig, but then you know whatever supposedly she's wearing. I think we should talk about the clothes. I don't think I'm going to bring them up later on, so okay. maybe my debate can be about that. Is and again, it's a, a personal debate of mine. Is I didn't really like Cruella's clothes, but I loved everything that the Baroness wore. Oh, see, I was the opposite. Why didn't I like the punky stuff? I don't know. See, I love the punky stuff. I thought all of her outfits were really cool. And I was like, oh, I'd love that jacket or I'd love that, you know, whatever she was wearing, Mm. all those outfits. Um, Whereas the Baroness, sometimes I was like, like, that's a little bit clingy in the wrong places or whatever. (laughs) Well, that Baroness dress that she takes from Cruella, that's just like, what, like a bunch of pieces of metal together in that like chain y looking gold one. Well, that actually, it's a piece ate. of like creepy mm. bug eggs. Mm. It, it, yeah, it, it was like, it, I was, and she's like, that's incredible. That's part of my collection. I was like, ew, why? <laughs> yeah. Clearly, we are not fashion <laughs> geniuses. I enjoyed it with my eyeballs, but I. You wear those kinds of things and it's it's like, who is this for? Like there was a woman on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills who's very, very rich and wears the ugliest clothes and is like, oh, my friend Gucci gave this to me. And you're like, it's he gave like it to you because it's shorts. ugly and no one else will wear it. <laughs> it's just it. yeah. when you look at that world of like the Baroness and Cruella, it's like how much of it is actually we look at it and we say that's pretty and how much of it is. We think the Baroness knows more about fashion than we do. So if the Baroness tells us that it's Mm -hmm. pretty, we're like, oh, yeah. I feel like that's how I just they tell me that's a good thing. And I go, okay, that's the entire fashion industry. Well, there's a philosophical debate right there. Like, is the fashion industry just (laughs) lying to us? Yeah, Mm. (laughs) I think we've done rather well. Okay, so question eight. What was the most and here it goes preposterous that's a really hard word for me to say for some reason leap of logic in this film i think it was that estella got offered a job from one window display that the baroness saw for like three seconds it was not good yeah i didn't like it (laughs) it was just so crazy that she just walks in there and then boom job (laughs) that wouldn't happen in today's climate no but even in the 70s, there were so many things that had to go right. It had to be that exact day that the Baroness walked into the shop. And it was yeah. so the, therefore, it was the exact day before that Estella got so frustrated with her job that she got drunk and fell asleep in the window while she was yeah. trying to do her thing. Yeah. <laughs> My, the leap of logic that made me mad, because when they set it up, I thought, ooh, and okay, Emma Thompson, the Baroness 
having that meeting with those two guys that are like selling her dress. And she's like, actually, I know you did this. I know you're cheating. I know you're stealing. I know your bank account numbers. And you're like, wow, she is very detail oriented. She gets good intel. She has henchmen getting her information about people. She doesn't know Estella's her kid. She doesn't know who Estella is, where she came from. She doesn't know like that there was a black and white haired child at schools. Like, I can suspend disbelief for the fantasy of it all. She can't tell it's her with her, whatever. But we have a scene specifically only for the purpose of showing us how thorough the Baroness is. Why, if they had just cut that scene, no problem. Oh, yeah. And that actually was problematic in a different bit where she's telling Roger to go find out something. Was it who Estella is? And he's like, I'm a lawyer, not a detective. And she's like, well, go do it. I'm like, but you clearly already have someone who you go to for this stuff. So why aren't you just asking yeah. them? Like, yeah, you're right. I really liked the scene, but it does not make sense in the context of the film. And it doesn't make sense that Roger's such a buffoon. And, like, is that trying to make her look smart? And, like, she's the put-together one? Yeah, that whole thing was a bit weird to me. Like, both of those elements, you're really right. Um, for me, the the leap of logic I had was was basically that they – that she turned so quickly, that, that Estella became Cruella so suddenly upon learning that her mother had been killed by the Baroness. I feel like they did it a disservice in that um, I think it would have been better managed if that actually made her have two split personalities and that was like the trigger mm. for the earlier Cruella to come out and be like, bitches, I'm back. Right, you would think that that... that- progression or that switch would be the integral part of the movie the part that you Mm. need to nail to get the rest of it but i just all i remember is her at that fountain doing exposition city just like well dead mother i once was bad and then i was good but now i will be bad again cruella remember that name it is me now for the rest of this movie it's like why are you like show don't tell like she she, every time she talked to that fountain i was like they could, if they had done that, that should have been the most important thing that they were trying to do is have those integrate those two sides. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I just feel like that wasn't done well enough. So it's so interesting because I didn't care about any of that stuff you guys were just talking about when I was watching the film. I was like, whoa, she's burned. There is n- no greater fury than a woman, especially a redheaded woman. <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> I was like, boom, that's it. That's all she needs. Mm-hmm. So should we start talking about um, Julio's question? Question number nine is from Julio from the Contrarians podcast. And he would like to know, what's your most controversial opinion about this film? <gasps> You're going to hate it. And I am not going to be popular. I'm going to hate it. Too many dogs. <laughs> <gasps> but there weren't that many dogs I know. in this movie. I don't care. <laughs> There, there was only like what four dogs. I don't like her dog when she was young. Wink and the three Dalmatians. They, I guess we no. really didn't need her dog. Like we could have done Dalmatians and Wink. No, no I just all the little cutesy bits. I know I said that Wink was the MVP, but that was mostly just because I didn't want to say like I couldn't say Estella, and I was just like, I hate all the cutesy animal crap. I'm not an animal person. Don't like animals. I literally thought in the movie I was like. There's really just too many dogs in this thing. <laughs> I wouldn't be happy if, if Wink, there were no dogs. <laughs> if Wink came up to you with his little rat outfit on, 
You I'm wouldn't stupid. be stupid. How could anyone not realize that wasn't a rat, for God's sake? Oh, no, that's a big rat. <laughs> it's the dumbest. All of it was dumb. Like, and, and Hollywood and stuff, they love putting these stupid, cutesy animal crap in things. And I'm like, I don't care. But then I recognize that it is for people like Emily. Not people like me. Wow. 101 Dalmatians to zero Dalmatians. Oh, I'll go see that. Zero Dalmatians, I'm in. Count me in. <laughs> I don't know if that's controversial, Liz. I just think what? it's kind of ridiculous opinion. <laughs> that's a bit rude. People get so mad about that. Do- people are going to be writing to you. What? Yeah, I know. What are you talking rude. about? No, look, it's, it mm. wasn't a movie about dogs, was it? It was a movie about Corella no. DeVille. Like, they... I didn't mind the bit about like them, the Dalmatians and turning them into the coat, like the fashion design and stuff, but all the rest of the dogs were unnecessary. So I didn't care whether they had more dogs or less dogs. Given the time period and where they were living in London, I'm surprised there weren't more dogs, like street dogs, like sniffing around. And and how much time this film spent in dumpsters and rubbish bins. Oh, that's true. There were so many shots of rubbish and crap happening. I'm surprised (laughs) that there weren't more dogs. And more rats. No one on this film is allowed to be near a real dog, and they couldn't afford to CGI anymore. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. They ran out of budget. They were like, man, we're going to have like 101 dogs in this film, but we couldn't afford to draw them all. (laughs) You know what they should have done is they should have had one more animal, and that would have been Wink in his little rat outfit, and in the hallway, we get a real comedic moment of him coming face to face with a real rat, and they both look at each other and they go, huh? And then they <laughs> go their separate way. I could see that you would have enjoyed that part, Emily, if that happened. Yeah. Stacey, you hate my opinion. What's yours? Let me okay. shit on yours so, now. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know this was controversial. Halfway through the movie, I just threw this out there. I said, the costumes in this film aren't that good. And Sam said, whoa, that's controversial. People are loving these costumes. They're going to win Oscars. Rah, rah, rah. Okay, so... I didn't watch this movie and go, oh, wow, the costumes. Like when I watched The Favourite, which we've me- mentioned earlier, where the, the entire movie I was like, wow, look at the costumes. So Th- This movie and The Favourite shared, I believe, a production designer. And I think that element of the film was really good. Like the whole aesthetic of everything that wasn't the clothes. Mm, and, right. and I liked that. But you're right. Like the mm. clothes for me... I wasn't blown away except when she set set that thing on fire. You know, when there was like an extra layer. But I'm never <laughs> but that blown away by clothes in general. There was nothing to do with the clothes. <laughs> exactly. It was, it was a stump. Yeah, like I, I, I thought the, they were beautiful, like beautiful dresses and stuff, but not in the way that you would go, wow, that's so creative. Mm. And frankly, mm. that, that dress sitting on fire just made me think of the Hunger Games. Like it's already been done. <laughs> I agree. Oh. But <laughs> my controversial opinion was, Not every villain needs an origin. Some things work better in small doses. Some great characters work better in small doses. Like, and I immediately comes to mind is I think the first Maleficent really nailed taking that evil character and humanizing her. But I think it's because a lot of the movie was Elle Fanning and Angelina Jolie as Maleficent was there and you explored her, but it was like 50% Elle Fanning. The second Maleficent sucked because it was more like Maleficent, like learning where her horns come from or whatever. Like some things we need to keep a little mystery. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't need it. Yeah. I don't need it. Seems fair. <laughs> you don't, don't need, need this, this film. entire film. 
I don't need so I was even somebody was saying like, oh, Glenn Close should come back. I'm like, I don't need that either. It had its moment. I saw it. I liked it. I'm done with it. I've washed my hands of this character. I don't care. Actually, I liked Cruella in the show Once Upon a Time. Oh, I haven't seen it, but um, I've heard it's quite good. So, yeah, it's on the list. Question number 10. What type of meal is this movie? Brought to us by Nikolai's Kitchen. Nick Haskins, lovely man. Livestream for the Cure was very fun. He uh, He's always making food that looks good and posting it, and I feel very jealous. Mm-hmm. So check him out mm-hmm. and feel envy. Is it envy? Envy, I think, is when you want what someone else has, and I feel envy. That seems fair. I'm going to say it's something like bacon and egg ice cream. We're like, <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> And some people think it's great. Like I think Heston Blumenthal or something made it. And like, you know, and it's one of those things you didn't know you needed. And actually for a lot of people, they didn't need it. And they're perfectly happy without it. But some people really like it. And it's something quite jazzy and fun, but it's also quite weird and quirky. The end. Okay. Fair. (laughs) That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Mine is, um, it's not really a meal, Nick, I'm sorry, but it's Rocky Road is what first jumped into my head because it's got lots of interesting, weird things all jammed together with chocolate, which who doesn't like chocolate? Come on, let's be honest. Is Emma Thompson the Um, chocolate? (laughs) 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 I'm not sure. I'm not specifying who is what ingredient. But um, yeah, it's just yummy and delicious, and each bite has something slightly different in it. Mine is the opposite of Rocky Road. Chili for children. Everyone can eat it. No one's mad about it but me. It's a bunch of stuff thrown together. It's fine. My dad's like, I made chili. I love chili. I'm like, who ca- who's pumped for chili? It's here. Great. I won't die tonight. You should see her face. She's just super unenthused about the concept of chili. She's just like, chili. I, 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 I just, people love chili. They're chili cook-offs. They put different spi- – like – it what it's a it's slop, <laughs> but people love it. <laughs> wow, strong feelings wow. about chili. Yeah, yeah. And the movie. I think before you get so angry that you want to like punch your screen or something, I think we should move on to the questions mm-hmm. that are personal, which are specifically yeah. mine because I come first. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> movies that. Uh, romanticized traditionally villain or villainous characters is totally a thing now. You know, you've seen that with the Joker and now Cruella. I want to know which villain should be the next to get a sympathetic movie made about them. Well, the first thing that jumped into my head is the Wicked Witch of the West from The Wizard of Oz. Yes. Now, there is a stage show, Wicked, Mm. that exists. However, it needs to be brought to the big screen. It needs to be brought to film and they could just add so much more dimension to it. Um, I love The Wizard of Oz and I would just love to see this on film. You're always threatening to make a Wicked movie, but then it never happens. <laughs> I have Threatening? Threatening. It was like, don't make this movie. But I have tried to see Wicked for the last 20 years of my life, like tried to get tickets somewhere and I haven't gone yet. I will one day. I'm very intrigued. Do I like that book. Mm. I had two very different ones, and I'm going to go first the very obvious one, which is Sharon Sharon Stoning Catwoman. I want more of. She's this beautiful, powerful woman, and her husband is not treating her right, but then her face turns to stone because of bad beauty products. But there might not be enough there, because as I thought about how (laughs) mad I was about Cruella, there might not be enough to her. So uh, you know what? Game time decision. Here's my real answer. 
Uh, Finkel Einhorn in Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Sean Young. Now, here's the thing. Have you guys not seen Ace Ventura Pet Detective? Not since the early 90s. And I'm okay with that. Okay. So the the villain is the the police captain who it turns out used to be a football player who wants revenge. So he transitions into a female and becomes a police captain to get revenge. You don't see any of that. All you see is like a hot police captain played by Sean Young. And then later you see Ace Ventura yell like, Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. Oh, no, they're the same person. And we all kiss dudes. Then they're all disgusted because it was the 90s. Like We kissed a dude. Gross. Okay, no, this is not a person who transitioned because of gender dysphoria. This is a person who transitioned their gender solely for the purpose of revenge. What is up with that guy? I want to know. Uh, oh, I like these. Both of these ideas are very creative, ladies. Well done. Um, <laughs> moving on to question 12. Someone we haven't really talked about um, at all was John, like the butler slash 2IC guy to the Baroness, played by Mark Strong. I want to know why he stayed with the Baroness for so long, since he was so disturbed by the fact that she was trying to get him to offer baby. I'm like, why don't you just go straight to the cops or something? Like, why were you still there and still working for her? I d- it was very like Snow White, like just I think you get a job, you have Stockholm syndrome. You're like, I'm here. What else am I going to do? She's going to run my name through the mud anywhere else I try to go. Almost like a Smithers and Burns Simpsons type of thing, but I didn't. There was no like sexual tension, which, which again I like. Yeah, yeah. I liked that they weren't like, oh, he's so in love with the Baroness. Like that wasn't it. But I think it was just like when you're with someone for so long, and then they're like, maybe get rid of this baby. You're like, ah, I um, I think it was a mixture of two things. One was fear. So like you said, yes. Emily, at any moment, um, the Baroness could just turn his life upside down, or just get him killed, or something. But the other side of it is that he, he, as we saw in the film, he knew what that child was entitled to. And he wanted to stick around for long enough that it would somehow come to fruition oh. that he could assist in that happening and all Ooh. that money going to the right place and not ending up with the Baroness. That is a really so, legit call. I think for once mm. someone has actually answered my question in a really <laughs> logical way. That was just the correct answer. <laughs> it was, but yeah, you know, I, I watched the movie, guys. That, like it just, I was just like, why are you still here? If she tried to get you to kill a baby, like what? What is wrong with you? Mm. Grow some, you know, balls. Get out of there. Yeah. Anyway, all right. And my final question is, what did you guys think was the best Cruella prank? You know, her best little cool tricksy publicity seeking stunt. Mine, my favorite was um, the moth dress. It wasn't really publicity seeking. It was more, it was just a little trick that she, well, it was actually, it was Estella, actually. It was Estella's um, little stunt, but that was just so effective. It was so well put together as well, like so multifaceted because mm. she tricked mm. her into picking the dress and then yeah. it added, like the fact that they locked it away because it was supposed to be so valuable, which meant she couldn't get to any of the dresses, mm. but then also that when they opened it, all the dresses would be ruined. Like all of that was just genius. Mm. Mm. Guys, I didn't understand that's what had happened until earlier one of you said that moths <laughs> came out of the dress. And I was like, they came out of there? I thought they broke in and like put them in through an air No, dog. they showed, there was one little bit the where they showed the golden, yeah, the moth yeah. like creeping out of it or something like it was like a little chrysalis. All those little golden yeah. things were like little 
moth crystals. I just put that together and I'm, I'm sympathy pet. (laughs) I just figured that that is a good. I know it's genius. (laughs) Genius. It is. It is a good prank. I, I, I just, I liked when she stood on that car and wrapped her shirt around her dress around it, and Emma and they ra- Thompson they- peered out through the window, like <laughs> yeah, and they like ratcheted it up the thing so she couldn't open the door, and she just like, oh look, it was so good. There. I loved the dump truck where she was the pile of rubbish because mm. uh, first mm. I was like, oh, they're just making it, telling her that she's a pile of rubbish. And then she like the fact that she like stands up and she's in the pile of rubbish, and then it turns out that the pile of rubbish is actually this most amazing dress. Like all of that was awesome. And she must be the world's fastest sewer. That's that's the um, kind of leap of logic. I'm a dab hand. I'm brilliant. I'm really smart. I'm the smartest. Well, she was I'm probably so good. partly a narcissist, like her mother. That was probably a conscious mm. choice. Man, you're, yes. is that hereditary? You're not picking up a lot of this stuff, so. I uh, we're realizing that number one, I didn't understand this movie. <laughs> I've just been mean to you, like Estella. No wait, Cruella. God damn it, it's very hard to keep track. I prefer Cruella. I would rather someone just be like kind of mean rather than be like real smug. So I prefer Cruella. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's all my questions. Emily, you must have some. I do. Okay. Question number fourteen. That mom stood too close to that ledge. She deserved it. She got shoved over because she was right up against it. What other Disney good guys deserve their fates? <laughs> Any of I'm going to say Bambi's mother. <laughs> That's what I had. Yeah. <laughs> I would also have accepted Mufasa. Yes, that was my backup. Oh, nice. It was- That's the only two that I could think of. Yep. That- Came well, I had both. to say an animal just to back up the fact that I just don't care about animals in movies. Well, and if exactly, and if you think back in Disney movies, how many good guys actually die? It's very, isn't it rare? Like, Is Cinderella like doesn't always have like a dead mom. Yeah, mm. and so she doesn't have any parents, and I feel like none. Snow White doesn't have any parents. Like nobody has any parents. So- yeah, but we don't see them die. Like they're not in the. Mo- that's not in the story. I feel like always is it but just like Sleeping Beauty or Cinderella, where it's like the, the there's always like someone a parent on a deathbed, and then a stepmother comes in, and it's like- so. I think that the father's already gone by the time Cinderella picks up, right, and she's left with her stepmom. But I'm like that father deserved to cack it because he married a really crappy person and stuck his daughter with her and didn't think about that. So he can cack it too. He can go hang out with Bambi's yeah. mother in the woods for all I care. <laughs> Question number 15. Something that you hate is now your entire personality, your wardrobe, like you talk about it, your phone background, like Emma Stone with those Dalmatians that killed her mother. And she's like, I got a whole Dalmatian outfit. What are you? What are you now forced to cover yourselves in? Coriander. It's disgusting. <laughs> it tastes like soap. <laughs> Probably my entire house is surrounded in coriander oh. plants, and it's in every meal, and everything tastes like soap. And that would absolutely turn me into a villain. Like I'd just be like, "Why is everything so disgusting?" And I hate it. You're one of those people. I didn't know that. Yes, I am. It's interesting. Never feed me cro- <laughs> coriander when I'm at your house. Okay, noted. <laughs> My answer is I hate being cold. So like living in a really cold climate, wearing a dress made of ice, being some like ice queen of some sort would be my nightmare. My worst nightmare. Like the Narnia, um what's what she called? <laughs> yes. 
I can't remember the White Witch. Yeah, or the that's it. It might be the White Witch. I'm, yeah. Who's always handing out um, Turkish Delight. Yeah, do you like Turkish Delights? I'm, I'm, or- I'm on board with the Turkish Delight, <laughs> but not being cold. Holy crap. That's, yeah. Yeah, you couldn't hand out Turkish Delight. You'd have to hand out ice cubes. Yeah. Oh. Question 16. What is your favorite animal character in a movie? I don't have one. I hate animals. Stacey? <laughs> I, yeah. Okay. Now I know. Mine well. is Rocket in the Guardians of the Galaxy films. Um, oh. So I've watched every Marvel movie because I have to. It's my job as Sam's wife. Yes, it and, is. Um, <laughs> I got paid for it. Rocket's cool. He's funny and funky and he's a raccoon, but he doesn't know he's a raccoon. Yeah. That's pretty decent, and I am going to come up with a response, which is the pug in Men in Black, because he's quite snarky <laughs> and ridiculous, and you don't expect him to be an alien, and then he is, and it's kind of funny. So I'm rolling with that. Mm. Okay, that brings me us to my questions. Question 17. Did you think that Cruella was actually going to kill the Baroness? Because they were making her out to be sympathetic the whole time. So it was like, well, you can't just then turn around and have her kill her. That would be illogical. Like, she wanted revenge, and you don't get revenge by just killing someone. Like, that's a bit blah. Like, it was more exciting for her to see that. But it was like the, well, I mean, yeah, I know that people do that. But, like, for Cruella, she was smarter than that, right? Like, she wanted to see a result. And the, the perfect result was seeing the Baroness be taken away and arrested for throwing someone off a cliff because that's exactly what she deserved. Okay. I really thought she was not sympathetic and that she was going to kill her, and I also thought she would actually kill a dog. I was like, what is this yeah. lady's problem? Nah, I knew she hadn't killed the dog. <laughs> I was so relieved that she hadn't because I was just – because even when she joked, she was like, I'll kill her dogs. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I think that, yeah, they really set it up to be you're, like, not sure, but I was like, yeah, you're not sure, but it is Disney. Because you don't need so, to kill the dog, though. You can just, like, kill some other poor defenseless creature and die a bit of their coat black. Like, it's fine. Hmm. <laughs> just paint, paint those. Just kill a cow. Paint those spots yeah. on. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for clearing that up because I was unsure. I was on the fence. I was, well, you haven't really cleared no, that up. No, I was going to say, we gave no, She seemed like places. she was going to, but uh, yeah, anyway. Okay, my next question is, um, we had Estella at the start of the film and her alter ego, Cruella, emerged. What's your alter ego's name? I did like a math on it where I was like, okay, Estella becomes Cruella. I was like, evilly, evilly, and I guess evilly, <laughs> but I couldn't come up with a good Higgins, so I was just like, evilly, jerk face. <laughs> Fair enough. That's my villain name. <laughs> It's a pretty good name. I mean, I wouldn't trust someone called Evilly Jerkface. No. <laughs> yeah. I'd be, like, embarrassed at the villain conventions, though. It's better than, like, Aquaman. It's not cool. I mean, <laughs> True. that's pretty crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have a great name for it. I had one, and it's totally slipped my mind. Basically, oh. I have an extra <laughs> spleen, and so I feel that my superpower is to get like manage toxins and stuff. And so then maybe like I have extra toxins that make me like super mm. angry and venti and stuff. So maybe um, you could just Elizabeth- be like toxic Liz. Toxic. Is Liz, Liz toxic. toxic. There we Liz. go. I'm um, Liz toxic. <laughs> Liz toxic. And <laughs> that sounds like a roller derby. <laughs> yes. And if I was going to have um, a movie made about me like this one, well, then they would clearly play Britney Spears as toxic in the background. Perfect. <gasps> um, question 19. We touched on this earlier, 
But how did the Baroness fail to recognise Cruella? That Cruella was Estella earlier. They look fairly similar, just different hair. I think this goes back to <laughs> Superman and Clark Kent, right? People are idiots. <laughs> yeah, yes. I decided because while watching, I noticed the Baroness had a lot of aggressive cat eyes, eyeliners, etc. She probably has an eye infection. <laughs> She poked something in there that shouldn't have been in there. And she's like, is that my employee? And they probably didn't know then that you weren't supposed to keep your eyeliners longer than like six months, you know, like you're supposed Mm. to replace your makeup so regularly. And in the seventies, they probably Mm. used it for like a decade. And she got that Mm. like tattooed on and just now can't really see. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Both of those answers. I think like she was also just a total narcissist. And so she just never thought about anyone else for long enough to even put the two pieces together. Yeah. Actually, I respected her like self appreciation. I was like, yeah, you go girl, especially in the seventies, you know, women were not respected in the seventies. So I kind of like that. Mm. She just went, Oh, shut up. You're all idiots. Kind of thing. I was just like, yes, they were all idiots. And yeah. I wasn't so much on board with the like the homicidal maniac part, but you know the the self confidence I can get behind of both characters, and we haven't really talked about this, but Cruella or even Estella, she her background and where she came from, the fact that she had any self confidence or any tiny scrap of self confidence at all is amazing. Yeah, it, it was so so good to see. I know you saw it as smug Emily and didn't quite appreciate it, but I just saw it saw it as She's not sitting there feeling sorry for herself. She's made a life with herself with these two two mates, Jasper and Horace. And yeah, yeah it's a bit of a mess, but they're, they're getting on with things. And she knows what cool. her skills and her talents are, and she's not afraid yeah. to admit those. She's like, actually, yeah. I'm really good at this thing. Screw you. Yeah. And like society does not like that from women. So, I yeah, I, I back it up as well. Emily, I think you need to rewatch this. I yeah. watched it two <laughs> nights ago. In my home in its entirety, and I felt anger the entire time. And I thought, why Uh, is this happening to me? At least I'll get on with some like-minded people who I'm sure all (laughs) felt the way that I do. Do you feel better now to know that we don't at all share your opinions? I feel better in that you have made me consider new things and it's not the worthless piece of garbage I thought it was. <laughs> so now when people say they like it, I'm not going to think, oh, you disgust me. I'm going to think, all right, I missed some stuff. There's some <laughs> plots I don't care for. That's okay. Mm. I like that you still like us anyway. That's nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is still my dream come true. <laughs> this is well, like I've won a contest and I paid money and was like, can I come on movie reviews and 20 Q's and be the host? So, we'll move. question number 20. What obscure or underrated film would you put with this as a double header? Hold up. I want to know where this question comes from, Emily, because I think it comes from a pretty spectacular woman, doesn't it? Does it come mm. from someone? My document doesn't have any names. Isn't it your one question? One of our favorite Patreons? Oh. That was your question. <laughs> <laughs> It's slightly reworded. Oh, it's got my lord. <laughs> I was like, I thought that was the whole point of it. said 20, and then I thought you yes. were like, so this brings me on about my podcast, oh. blah, blah, blah. And then, nope. No. <laughs> no. Well, Whoa, I guess, it is for me. I like parent movies. I like 
And the movie I'm going to say is a movie that I've talked about on my podcast, Tasteless and Strong Female Leads. But I'm more intrigued by movie reviews and 20 cues. So I don't want to talk about my podcast. I want to talk about this as the 20th question on movie reviews and 20 cues about a double feature. You know what it is? You guys said header. We don't say double header here unless we're playing a baseball game. Okay, I will tell Sam when he writes some <laughs> questions next time to use the appropriate words. No, the best part of this podcast <laughs> is that it's New Zealand. Okay, okay. are we doing the movies? Double header. Can I tell you mine? Please. Yeah. When I was watching Cruella, another film character jumped into my head, and that was Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad. Just from the two-toned hair and the craziness factor. So I thought that you could watch Put Suicide Squad after this film. is an excellent film. People should know how I feel about Suicide Squad. It's not the best. But if you like that theme, you can continue it on. I, myself personally, will probably fall asleep after Cruella and won't have to rewatch <laughs> Suicide Squad. What about but it's there as an option. What about Birds of Prey? I haven't seen it. I can't. I can't haven't watch you? it. No. Oh, it wasn't bad, actually. It. I think I it's quite liked really? it from what I vaguely recall. Listen I to my like podcast it. about it okay. and see. I was on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I have a vague recollection of that. Movies um, I don't want to watch, I don't listen to the podcast. I'm sorry. Oh, that's legit. <laughs> There's no judgment here. This is a judgment-free place, except of Emily occasionally. <laughs> anyway, I thought of a really good movie that I'm going to go with, and it's because it does take the um, route that I wanted this movie to take. Uh, and I'm going with Identity which is um, a film about a bunch of people who get stuck at a motel and they have to work out, like, who's trying to kill them and, and what's happening. Like, it's a horror or a thriller or whatever. And there's, there's a multi, multiple personality thread in the film. And I won't say much more than that because it'll spoil it. But um, it's, I really enjoyed that film. And it's from, like, 2001 or something and, like, hardly anybody's heard of it. So that's the one I'm going with. Go watch Identity. Yeah, I'm excited. I haven't heard of it. I want to watch that. Yeah, I, dude, uh, it's got John Cusack, and I, I've always liked John Cusack, so. I don't have a problem with him. <laughs> well, that's a, already a positive sign. <laughs> Phew. <a> positive. <laughs> I personally liked the beginning of Cruella, Cruella better when it was the film Mannequin, and they redid the shop window, and Kim Cattrall came to life. That's like, <laughs> it's like if that movie, what? if Cruella, diver you haven't seen Mannequin? <laughs> no. In Mannequin. And based on your description so far, I don't think I will. A guy like, is like, it's, neither of you have seen Mannequin? I, no, I have. Okay. I have. Yeah, I have. Because this guy is like, does shop windows, but like in secret, because they're like, no, you can't do it. And he's like, but I'm really good at shop windows. And also, I love touching mannequins. And then Ooh. one of the mannequins comes to life, and it's Kim Cattrall, Samantha from Sex and the City. And she's like, hi, I was stuck here as an Egyptian princess. My body was turned into a mannequin, and now I'm awake. <laughs> Who the fuck comes up with this stuff? It's from the 80s. It's from oh, the 80s, Liz. Yeah, okay. That so, seems, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's a much better dressed window, and it should have. It would have gotten him a great job with the Baroness. Well, he could have only dreamed. Mm. <laughs> so that is 20 Weird and Wonderful Questions from us. Uh, please make yes. sure that you are subscribed to the movie Reviews and 20 Q's Patreon if you haven't yet. Subscribe on your podcatcher. Subscribe to Patreon. It's very worth it. And I'm if only for uh, um, the angry rant Sam and I had about Inconceivable, right, Emily? Your 
inconceivable episode <laughs> was so wonderful. And you guys just did The Room, which is a classic. Yeah, we sure did. Sam Banana. literally just asked me 20 questions from The Room, which got a little bit insane as the time went on, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. And I, I forced Stacey and Sam into Drop Dead Gorgeous. And Sam realized he likes Amy Adams in one thing. Well, there you go. <laughs> one thing only. You always learn something new from the Patreon episodes. <laughs> you too. And the movies. Mm -hmm. You do. You sure do. Uh, that is it for me. Yay. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>